Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff text me 949-415-6256 please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book the comprehensive guide to clinical research it's been selling really well getting very well received by the community thank you guys so much for that also check out the youtube member page join this channel to get perks that's my youtube uh, membership it's 10 bucks a month you get a monthly mastermind exclusively it's a zoom call every month with other youtube members uh, you also get weekly videos exclusive to the youtube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences so check that out really means a lot to me and thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show Hey, Guru Nation, welcome back. Thank you for coming on. We haven't gone live in a long time. Um, I don't know, it's been a while, Chris, since we've did a live clinical trial guru. So we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube right now. Yeah, it's been at least a month and a half, two months for me, minimum. Oh, no, it's been at least that for me. So. On my own channel, I've been live on someone else's ECRG. Shout out to ECRG. I was live on his channel, and he's the, he's the other YouTuber. He's not when he first started. We thought he was the guy like a, a competitor company. It's not. He's a CRA for a. Well, he's a CRA now. At the time, he was an in-house CRA. Um, all right, I got a question, and we'll we'll use it as an icebreaker until the live commenters come in and they should be there because we haven't done this in a while so the algorithm's going to reward us accordingly in my opinion in my opinion i think that's how it works so check this out all right this is from a long time listener and follower i haven't heard you speak on these topics uh so what are your thoughts on lab development tests Let's just go through the four questions, then we'll pick which ones we want to answer. What are your thoughts on lab development tests? My CRO was approached to conduct an LDT test in oncology. We may have an opportunity for equity in the product, which is interesting for us. And I'd be interested in your thoughts on that as well. So if a sponsor is coming to you as a CRO for equity, <sighs> what do you think, Chris? I mean... Well, this is what we looked to get into initially when we started considering doing these CRO projects. I know. Well, specifically this. Cover our expenses yep. and pay us in in percentage ownership. Yep. Right? 
Yep. So I don't necessarily think that's a bad formula. Um, understand though that most of these products are go- going to fail. So yeah, you're going to lose. Well, you're not losing out if you're getting your expenses paid for, but you're not you're not charging a rate in which you're making any money. That's that's the idea here. Yeah. So usually you're going to lose out on making anything substantial or anything at all other than getting your costs covered. I would yeah, say I agree. 1% if not less of the time will this product develop into anything substantial. Right. So you're and when the sponsor approaches you to do something for equity, they want your best team on it. And when you decide internally as a CRO which projects you're going to put your best team on, you're looking at, it's hard not to look at the immediate cash, right? So I think this is a good strategy if you know what you're getting yourself into, like Chris just said. you have a, He says you have a 1% chance. I think it's higher, but... If you, I guess if you go in, we just finished an interview with Chris Heller. He talked about expectations. Um, we're going to upload that on the Chris and Dan Show YouTube channel. But set the expectations for yourself here that it's probably not going to pan out. All right, let's and do a Google go from there. here. All right, you do Google. Google. You do the Google, and I'll read his next question. There's four. All right. And they're long. All right. How important is a large patient population? We have a database of over a million patients within our network, and we have exclusive access to these patients for research. Are there unique solutions to manage a large patient population in a growing network? The system we have exclusive access to plans to add more clinics, a surgical center, and a hospital within the next year, so I'd like to get our data management process as ironed out as possible. So... This is a CRO with access to over a million patients in a database. Exclusive access. It sounds great on the cover. Let me tell you, as a site owner, not a CRO right now, as a site owner who has exclusive access to a doctor's EMRs, private practice database. Which is relatively large, not a million patients. It's not a million patients, but it's probably like 5,000. 10,000 maybe. Even me, one step removed from the doctor. Like literally when I go in the office, the doctor is within walking distance of me. He's not always available, but he's within walking distance. Even when I call the patients myself, so I'm not outsourcing it to anyone. I'm calling the patients of the doctor. That's one layer removed, right? Even when I do that, I get ignored i get hung up on i get told don't call why are you calling you're violating hipaa which is not true by the way i they throw i've had everything thrown at me in like three months of doing this most are pleasant but i have had the book the whole gamut right so that's one layer removed that's why i'm saying this story you are a zero that don't treat patients first of all Second of all, you have access to a million patients, but how many different providers are involved in that? I would guess a thousand. So now you're two layers removed. 
chances are you're not the one calling and you don't have a relationship with the, that person's doctor. So let's say you're three layers removed now. It's a lot different when I call a patient and say, Dr. Smith thinks you're a good candidate for a study. Right? I, I work with I Dr. Smith. Here's, here's the conversation. Hi, so-and-so. Hi, Chris. I work with Dr. Smith so you have in my his office. Have my in his already. office. Right. In his office. He told me that you might be a good candidate for a study I have. So right. now, I'm, now I'm less interested, but you still have my attention to a degree. Because right. And I still you, have some credibility with you. When you're, when you're calling for my doc, from my doctor, it's first off, I'm concerned about me, right? Is right. this bad news about me? What, what is this, right? Right. Now, now I'm relieved it's not bad news about me, but you want me to participate in a study. So I'll give you a, a few seconds, right? To right. Sell me. I'll right. give you 20 seconds, okay? What's right. the study? Tell me about it. That's most people are going to be that way, responsiveness wise. Right. But if you're not calling on behalf of a doctor and it's just, hey, we have a study, eh, get the hell out of here. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm calling from Dr. Smith's office. He thinks you might be a good candidate for a study he's running. And then they usually ask, well, what's a study? And then I get into it. Right. Now, that's one layer removed. Dr. Smith is over there. I'm over here. If you want, like, maybe we get lucky, I go take the phone to him and he can tell you more about it right that's one layer removed i still have at best a 10 percent conversion rate meaning 10 percent of those people who actually qualify will come in all right that's one layer removed guys but this email i'm seeing is a cro with a million patients in a database god knows how many providers are involved in this and god knows who's calling and what kind of scripts they're reading. And they probably don't even know that patient's doctor. So you're like at least three or four layers removed. If I'm one layer removed getting 10% and it's me, it's not someone I trained. I don't think this you're going to get more than 1%. And you might say, well, 1% is good out of a million. It is. So there you go. It calls. certainly is. Millions it's a lot a, of calls <laughs> a lot of time. It's a lot of call, a lot of time, but it's not as good. Point is, of all this, it's not as good as it seems on paper, which is what this person's asking. How important is a large patient population? So I think numbers matter less than the relationship the provider has with the patient or the caller, the relationship the caller has with the patient. Certainly. Because I, when I call, again, from my site, I'm attached to that patient's doctor. Like, I work with them, right? The further you are removed from that, the harder it's going to be. Um, so good good answer, Chris. Number three, right. what advice – oh, go ahead. We're only halfway done with these questions, and then the community is going to have some. I was going to go back to the Google. So 12%, drug. They're, they're talking device on that previous question. They're talking device. So this is drug, right? I think right. it's device. It's device trial, right, when you're it's yeah. a testing trial? Lab diagnostic, so, yeah. So – it's twelve percent for drug. FDA approves twelve percent of all studies. Okay. For for uh, development use on the market. All right. Uh, let's go through some of these. Hi, Chetan. Hi, Daniel. Hey, how's it going, Daniel? Congratulations, by the way, Dimitri. Um, Wasam, how's it going? Classy dime. How are you doing? All right. Next question. What advice? 
do you have for conducting clinical research on low-income or vulnerable populations? Of course, we understand the nuances behind recruiting these vulnerable patients for conducting clinical research with such groups. One thing we have found to work is subsidizing the cost of medications for patients who find success on a trial and want financial assistance for continued access to the product. So that we sounds like oncology. Um, we just answered a similar question to this not too long ago. Like a yeah, but ago. it was on our CRA Academy. I mean, that's exclusive. Yeah. It's not for yeah. Yeah. random people emailing me or for YouTube right. or Facebook or LinkedIn. Right. Hi, Twitter. I'm a new shareholder. So what do you think? Low-income, vulnerable. What are your thoughts, Chris? So who's defining these categories? And that's, what that's are the what issue. are the definite what are the definitions? Right. Oh, so you're asking a rhetorical question. Yes. Well, I don't know if it's rhetorical or not. I'm asking the person asking this. So the well, point is you don't know. Every organization yeah. has their own definition, maybe. Every sponsor, yeah. every IRB. Typically the line in the sand is homeless. You need a an actual residence where you reside. But it also be, in a be study. the poverty. It also be the poverty line, whatever that income right. is. So who knows? Who knows? But I've had I've had studies where we had to do it on recently released inmates. Yep. And they did have a residence, but their residence was like a transitional housing. Yep. Which the sponsor deemed okay, the IRB deemed okay. Now, if it was another study, yeah, that would, would that the would IRB be, deem that okay? Yeah, and these people were unemployed the vast majority so they met all the qualifications in most people's minds for um low income right or under um vulnerable population in terms of income. vulnerable population yeah so it really changes from study to study so i i really dislike that question and i like i dislike it from the irbs as well Right, and I just oh, like you it. dislike this person's question or that? Well, not that their question, question per se, but just the framing of the question. It's 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 too open to interpretation. Mm -hmm. I think you need mm -hmm. some very strict guidelines on defining these terms, right? So it shouldn't be poor or vulnerable population in terms of income. It should be if you make less than X dollars or you're homeless and you're unemployed, right? Those mm -hmm. are more definite and objective classifications opposed to my definition, whatever it might be, to low income. Chris, you're making my job easy today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I love the bricks on your chest. You look like Superman. <laughs> Pretty nice. You're like ripped ripped behind that shirt. He's a superhero, guys. Yeah, I got a six-pack. <laughs> six Hardly. bricks six bricks in the <laughs> abdomen r sylvie got your book today and i'm really excited about it after 10 plus years in research i finally landed a cra job it will oh, be a awesome. great tool to add to my experience thank you so much r sylvie and actually chris somebody on tiktok reached out to me how did they train their coordinators of course i told them about crc academy and all that but mm -hmm. because it's tiktok and i'm trying to build that platform up I told them to send me their address. I'm sending them two books for their coordinators. Oh, so, my goodness. Two books going out. I know, I know. But I got to build up the TikTok, right? Most but expensive Sylvie, business cards ever. 
not a business card. I just want them to learn. That is a business I want them card. to learn. It's yeah, a business you're card. Use, you're using it as a business card. You know what, though? That side owner and I are going to share study leads, though. That's uh, something we got to do. Classy Dime says, congratulations, R. Sylvie. Absolutely. We echo that. Chris is extremely happy whenever he hears positive feedback from the book. Here's another one. Keisha Davis, thank you. I got your book as well. I'm a PM at a CRO, but still find it helpful. Thank you, wow. Keisha. See, yeah, Chris, awesome. I told you when we were going to write this book, man. People, even three years later, come on, still going to resonate. Like, we you, can update made, it at some point. You made the wrong bet. What was you my bet? That, Refresh my made, memory. You made the absolute wrong bet. So at about the same time we came out with the CRA Academy, and the CRA <laughs> Academy you made a bet on. If oh, yeah, I remember that bet. If you would have made the bet on this book, I would have also taken you up on that bet, and I would have lost. If you would have bet almost anything, like uh, the book would be number one on Amazon three years after release. I mean, oh, you're out of your mind. In medical research during a pandemic. Yeah, you're out of your mind. And I would have bet you, and you would have won instead of lost on the CRA Academy bet. Think about all the books <laughs> in medical research that yeah. have been published since COVID, right? And ours is consistently at number one who knows what it is right now but like within every week it's gonna hit number one at some point because of people like you keisha davis thank you very much uh blue raptor says i also got a cra job six months ago due to your help awesome blue raptor look we're we're putting cras out there guys this is what we're doing we're putting out more cras than ikevia puts out and it's just <laughs> me chris and a few other happy-go-lucky people Jackie Wallace. Chris, you know Jackie Wallace, right? I do. How's it going, Jackie? We shook hands. We broke bread. Had my third interview today for a CRA position, medical device. The book was a huge help with my knowledge base. Guys, Chris needed – it was serendipitous that Chris came on this podcast today so he can get all the positive vibes sent his way because he's such an even keel dude. Him and Chris Heller, who you guys don't know, maybe some of you know, Chris Heller said, stay between the lines of your emotions. And yep. Chris stays between the lines. Right? Don't he colors too low or too high. He colors within the lines. I color all around those lines. But you know what? The outcomes are the same. People like Jackie Wallace, I know because I've been keeping up, up with you. Um, if they reach out, I'll definitely let them know. Heather Nisley says, hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. Thank you, Classy Dime. We are grateful. Because it's an amazing book. Guys, you are too nice. Way too nice. Right? I should have known this before so I could have bet Chris and won yes, something. Yes, you should have. Yon yep. Marinescu. Sounds Romanian. Yon. Mulțumesc foarte mult. Great job with the book, Dan. I hope that one day you buy your basketball team. I know, but basketball team's getting so expensive. I'm thinking baseball. Honestly. I'm like... <laughs> it's going to be a sports franchise. Right? But, man... I don't know. I've been watching baseball a lot more lately, and I'm like getting hooked into like every pitch. Like it's it's bringing back some nostalgia from childhood. Uh, hey Dan, how can I get your book, Dummy Lola? Uh, it is on Amazon, but I'm gonna put the title in the chat. So if nothing else, we got another book sale, Chris. So thank you for coming on today. 
Yeah, and it's not number one. Maybe Dami Loa. Loa. All right, look who's on right now. Chris, this is Samantha Anderson I keep telling you about. Yuma Clinical Trials MVP, right? She's the one. She's our first employee. She's technically a contractor, but she's she's doing everything remotely with Creo, with E-Reg, with EDC. She's emailing the sub eyes when she needs. You told me she's amazing. Oh, my God. I think I'm, like, understating how good she is, right? And she said, "Don't." She says, "Don't forget the awesome audiobook version." Well, I think which is Samantha. It's our favorite, but Samantha pretty soon is gonna be full time. I told her, "I'm like at this rate, I have SSV tomorrow. Between like probably by June, July was my estimate for Samantha. As long as we're busy enough, she's got plenty to do with the EDC, the queries, the regulatory, all the Creo stuff. Even maybe like managing employees remotely." from afar uh with whatever she can this lady right here amazing all right uh man these comments are i didn't expect all this right and samantha That's... he doesn't just say that to you he says that to me as well so you see he's, he's not making the, anything up here people accuse me of um exaggerating over hyping yeah. things well yeah you're not with samantha anyhow <laughs> no I was attempted to email him every question you told us to email him about. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, with Chris? <laughs> well, people are emailing about those contests. Okay, my email. I gotta. I'm. I gotta do a better job. Casey Figueroa, where are you? You're supposed to be checking my emails. Uh, books are the best business cards. David LaHaye. Thank yeah. you. Long hey, time David. no talk. The book is amazing, man. These comments are. We don't deserve this. Chris, this is too nice right now. We didn't Very expect nice. all this. We thought we were going to answer four boring questions for my guy. And instead, we're getting showered with all this love. Randy Silva saying, the book is amazing. The visuals are helpful. Glad I brought it up on YouTube. Hopped over here, and you guys are everywhere. Brilliant. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Damilola says, how can I get the book? Check this out. Check this out, the title right here. Boom. Just put that into Amazon. Boom. Like all you gotta do, and it's not number one do. right, not number one right now. So yeah, so help us out. That's why we went live. The real reason, the secret reason why we went live, we're greedy. We try to be number one all the even, time. Even even secret to me, I was unaware of this. Yeah. Okay. Baseball is better, says Diana. You know what, Diana? I agree with you. I'm back onto baseball. Baseball was my original love. Then basketball made me stray. And then football. But baseball, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Ifat, hi, I'm going to ma get my master's in the spring in biomedical science. I'm interested in clinical research jobs. Do you think I have opportunities in this field? From where should I start? Of course. You, There's three, four stakeholders. There's sites, CRO, sponsor. CRO is the one where, good thing I didn't use this finger. I don't want to flip you off. The CRO is the one we're answering questions for now sponsor and vendor all right so the point is you got to figure out where you think you can fit in and long term so that's on your macro on the micro you got to think where can you get in quickest those are get two things you got to think about got to get your start yep got to get your start quick don't waste time that's all the only thing we have that's non-renewable all right and then think long term where you want to do 
Dan's being a, uh, very prophetic. Nah, Thank wrong you. word. Not prophetic. Uh, yeah, it didn't being, make sense. Being very philosophical. Excuse me. Well, Heather also wrote something I didn't understand, but she said she didn't shouldn't drive and type. And Chris has no excuse. <laughs> Ellen. Oh, we just interviewed Ellen about the Ukraine. Like when the Ukraine crisis started, she she had this. She partnered with these groups to donate expired lab kits and different things to the people in Ukraine, like to clinics. So Ellen's doing very good things over there. Um, the students of the clinical research management programs are very likely to benefit from reading your book. Oh my God, guys, you. you're just too nice. I just ordered my book. Wow. This is amazing, guys. We didn't even get to question four. Why would any normal person go back to question four after reading all these comments? <laughs> we will get back to question four. Don't worry. Heather says, I have a 25-year veteran CCRC that is listening to your book. Oh, wow. wow. And Colette, hey, Colette, how's it going? And it, we have Chris on. Hi, Colette. I don't go live that often anymore, but when I do, I make sure it's with Chris Sauber. All right, uh, question four. Hardly. Yeah, I don't go live with anyone. All right, <laughs> question four. This may be the most complex question. Great. That's his words. Due to a uh, changing political environment, uh-oh. Do you want this video to get banned after uh, all those good things? <laughs> Let's be careful here, okay? Due to a changing political environment, we have access to one of the top 10 largest countries by population. And this is a very research-naive country. What would be your suggested approach to establishing a CRO in a large research-naive country with plenty of low-hanging fruit? I understand there are many ways of doing this. Just curious about your thoughts. Wow. Uh, well, that's a complicated question. Yeah. I guess the short answer is read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kidding, gonna, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't have an answer for that one. Obviously, you need. If is there an, a need for it? Because just because it's the tenth largest country, I mean, what is the market look like not from a research standpoint but from a pharmaceutical company or biotech standpoint right like you want to network with those countries first or those companies first because obviously they would want to work with a cro that's in their own backyard that's number one you can I, just emulate what what it was done in the u.s with the phase ones own or the cro's owning phase ones and then partnering with the biotechs to get their drug from phase one all the way through all the all the phases that's another thing i would do immediately um and i'll I, let chris talk i would just add that i mean that's good advice dan gave but i i think i would add and i don't know if this would help or not but whatever country this is do they have something similar to an ama or something like that that you could maybe reach out to and develop a relationship with so they could promote your CRO for research. If it's a research naive country is the way I understand the question. Um, you may need help legitimizing whatever it is that you want to do there in terms of a CRO. Mm -hmm. And if you have the backing of the AMA of that country, that could help something like that. The riches are in the niches. Um, 
like I said, the first place I would go to are the sponsors in that country. Even if they're not headquartered in that country, a lot of sponsors have offices all over the world. So I'd go to them and say, hey, we're starting, a, we have a CRO here. This is our expertise. This is what we can do for you. We would love to do also like learn more about your needs and figure that out. Ellen says, just look at Eastern Europe from 20 years ago. Yeah, this is where you got to do your homework and study how those CROs did it so from Eastern Europe is, 20 years ago because that's going to be Latin America today. And I have a feeling this country's in Latin America. And I don't know if it's El Salvador because of the Bitcoin thing. Then uh, they wouldn't be in the 10th. I don't think they'd be 10th. Population top 10. But I think it's somewhere in Latin America. Mm, would that be could my be. Guess. Maybe partner with Latinos in clinical research. Maybe, yeah. That you just need organizations. You need organizations to collaborate with in those markets, and obviously, you need a sponsor willing to work with you in that market. So, you could own that market at least on a branding perspective before you own it from a operational perspective. So, this is totally, totally off topic, but. Um, Ellen's question or statement reminds me of something I watched on YouTube last night. I was watching uh, the 10 top hidden secrets in Las Vegas, right? And did you know uh, Main Street? Main Street, I think it's a casino. Do you know what I'm talking about on Fremont? In and, downtown Vegas? Yeah, in yeah. old Vegas. So if you go in there, I've never done this, didn't know this, um, but the next time I go, I will be doing this. If you go in the men's restroom, and women can go in there, they just need an escort. Uh, security will go check, make sure there's no men in there. Um, the whole wall where the toilets are, the urinals and the toilets, is the Berlin Wall. They took they took had ship from Berlin to the Main Street Casino, and it's the Berlin wow. Wall in the men's restroom. Wow! Which I found interesting. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. go experience the Berlin Wall. Just got to go to Vegas. Did not know that, and that's a very under discussed, uh, interesting topic. So thank you, Chris. So. so very much on a tangent and off topic, but sorry, it's just it popped in my mind. I mean, it's a great way to end and the live stream and the podcast. You know, there you just, go. It's already thirty minutes. Unless people have more questions, hopefully we gave you some kind of meat to your answers, some substance. Um, Mister Anonymous, check this out. My favorite part of the email: Anonymous CRO CEO. So, hmm. thank you for that. And thank you, Guru Nation, for watching. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. Oh, Ellen, one last piece of advice from Ellen. Reach out to small, mid-sized CRO execs who grew their company's presence in Eastern Europe. Thank you. A guy that comes to mind, actually, is the guy I just interviewed uh, from Ukraine, the Ukrainian um, CRO. Oh, gosh. What's it? Uh, Yuri. Yuri? Let me find his Yuri Lebed, and he's the CEO at Farm Maxi LLC, and he created Ukraine like a very niche CRO in Ukraine. And the reason I had him on the podcast is he's still running his business in the middle of the war or of the crisis happening there. Like, mm. I mean, he moved. He moved. He left his home. He lived in Kiev. They started bombing. He literally had to leave within an hour. He left. He had another home with family, like in a city about eight-hour eight drive away. 
where it's safe. And he managed to not lay off one single person from his CRO. And he has like 40 employees. Wow. Impressive. Those are the kind of people we need to feature um, in the media and in whether it's social or mainstream. But, yeah, we do what we can to help out. Uh, Heather says, reach out to CADA and CSL Bearing. Latinos have a high rate of hereditary angioedema if they are in a Latino-heavy country. There you go. I think it's Latin. He doesn't tell me. He's anonymous CRO, CEO. Matter of fact, the only reason I know it's a he is from the um, email address. But otherwise, I wouldn't have no idea. So thank you, guys. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Thank you, Chris Sauber. You did amazing. And everybody, um, go have a good day and catch you all later. Here's the book. Help bring it back to number one. Make this go. book great again. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Have, have a good evening.